You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Decorating Tales with the Interior Design Hound on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Waldemeyer, and I'm glad you're joining us today. Today, we're going to talk to a dog-loving decorator that also has a thriving antique business. And if that isn't enough to keep her busy, she's also an artist. So we're going to have a great time today on Decorating Tales with my special guest designer, Sally Johannesson, the founder and designer from Dovetail Antiques. We are kindred spirits and both crazy dog ladies. Sally shares her life with seven rescued four-legged friends, and her home is both beautiful and pet-friendly. She'll be joining us today from Cashiers, North Carolina, to share her tips on designing with dog antiques and collectibles, and to tell us all about a delightful dog-themed space that she designed for the Cashiers Historical Society Designer Showhouse. So grab your dogs and get comfortable, because we'll be right back with Sally Johannesson. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where healthy pets go. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available having a rough day longing for the dog days of summer think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life well find out everything you're begging to know as pet life radio presents it's a doggy dog world with pet expert and award-winning author liz palaika every dog has his day and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Decorating Tales with the Interior Design Helm on Pet Life Radio. I'm Cynthia Waldemeyer, the Interior Design Hound, and joining me now from Dovetail Antiques in North Carolina is designer Sally Johannesson. Hi, Sally. Welcome to Decorating Tales. Hi, Cynthia. I'm so happy to be here. It is exciting to have you. I've wanted to have you on for a while. 
before we get into the nitty gritty of all the things we love so much, we have to start with the dogs. How long have you been interested in dogs? I found recently a diary I had written as a child, and I found a little rescue dog back then. I didn't get to keep that little dog, but I poured my heart into that diary how I wanted the dog. And so I suppose I was born needing a dog by my side. That is unbelievable. How old were you? I think I was about six. Oh, that is so sweet. Isn't that even... funny? I named it Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a riot. And to still have that diary is, is unbelievable. I'd forgotten about it. I didn't even remember it. And as I was reading it, I realized that I've loved dogs since before I even understood. That, that is so special because you didn't grow up with a dog. Well, I did eventually. I did eventually. It took a while, I suppose, to convince my parents, but I did grow up with a little chihuahua named Foxy. That's right. Well, now you have seven rescue dogs. Now, tell us what their their names are. I have. I had to actually write it down because like a mother with a lot of children, I was afraid I'd forget (laughs) one. I have Bean. She is definitely rescue and who knows what variety she is. I have Biddy. Grits. That's for girl raised in the South. I have Honey, Frisker, Lulu, and Cricket. Oh, that's awesome. And they're all different sizes, too, from tiny to large. Well, Biddy is a whippet, and she actually was not a rescue. I went to the breeder and got her, and I don't think I'll ever do that again. Not that I don't love Biddy and didn't love her breeder, and we're still friends, but I just there are too many dogs who need help, and I need them, and they need me, so... Right. Now, I'm There's... all about the rescue. But if you added them all together, they would not amount to a Labrador. Wow. So they, are... little. <laughs> so they are small. So tell us, with all of those dogs, what kind of tips do you have to have? Because I know your home is beautiful and you're a designer. To having a pet-friendly home with all of the animals in the house. Well, you know, it's funny. I guess one of my biggest tips really has less to do with design than to handling my dogs in a way that they really are connected because that makes life a whole lot easier. And that is, and I discovered it sort of by accident, is I have them in the bedroom with me at night, all seven. That might come as a shock, but I have to admit a couple of them are chihuahuas. And that somehow calms everyone and makes them more attentive and more connected. And so we have less problems all the way around. That's great. That's great. But do you Not have that any- we haven't had the occasional incident. I did have uh, one dog who, well, I, I discovered my most expensive turquoise blue oil paint had been pierced and chewed upon on the couch. And then I looked around to see who had the blue lips. <laughs> and, and the new blue couch. <laughs> and, and the new blue couch. That's funny. So did the sofa survive? The sofa survived because it's leather. So I was able to just wipe it up and clean it up and clean up her little lips and she survived and we all moved on. But now I keep my oil paints off the floor. Probably a good idea. We all know that dogs are natural born hunters and um, they find all sorts of things, uh, piques their curiosity and they've been known to make a mess or two. (laughs) I don't know what attracted her to that, but she had her way with it. So we just, I have them in a box, in an artist's box, and I just happened to have the box open by my easel and she discovered it. That's right. No more. Well, that's funny. So she hunted down the paint. So I mm-hmm. want to talk about your room in the Cashier's Historical Society, the Designer Show House. It was my mm-hmm. absolute favorite. Tell our listeners who didn't get a chance to see it a little bit about the show house and a little bit about your design process for making your room. Right. 
Well, every year we have a show house up here, and this one in particular was one of the my most favorite homes I've ever been in. And I was there when the owners were living there, and it was comprised of two ancient log cabins put together almost 50 years ago. So it had just a beautiful feeling about it. And the area I did was a kind of an overscaled hallway that connected the two pieces together. And uh, the owners had moved out, the house was for sale, and along my one wall there, there was a very, very, very vivid green dog twall wallpaper, which they insisted had to stay. Everything in the house, all the designers working, they insisted that had to stay. So, of course, I'm going to do a dog-themed kind of a thing, and that fit in with me because I love my dogs, but the green was difficult, very difficult to work with, and at the very last second, they said, well, you've got the freedom to change that. So I did a wall effect where it was sort of like a Venetian plaster, poor man's Venetian plaster is what I call it, and I had (laughs) been collecting um, dog portraits, quirky English antique dog portraits, and French ones too, dog drawings, the quirkier the better. And I've been collecting them for a long time, and I made giclées of some that I'm not willing to give up for this show house. What I love about them is that these little dogs have lived for their little moment in time, and yet they were so loved that they were drawn, painted, sketched. Some of them are funny looking. They're obviously done by amateurs, but I love the whole emotion behind it. And I feel the same about my dogs. I know. I thought they were terrific. And I love that you make copies of the originals because a lot of collectors and dog lovers can't afford an original painting, what it would be at an antique store. And it's a really affordable way to get one. So you had the whole wall on one side. You had portraits. Tell us about some of the other dog antiques that you had in the space. Well, I also have antique dog collars. Those are are intriguing to me. Do you have those too? I adore dog collars. I don't know why I'm so attracted to them. Well, some of them are are incredible works of art and they're made so beautifully, but you just wonder what dog wore them and try to figure out the history. Well, and the fact that they were saved too, because that little creature, that little animal that did live for such a short period of time, relatively speaking, was so well loved that the collar was kept. And I know that I've done that with my dogs and I I just love the sentiment there. I'm an antique dealer because I'm sentimental, let's just say. (laughs) And a dog lover. Yeah, I adore the antique dog collars and I always cruise the the Bonhams Antique, the big dog show and sale they have every February. They had a whole collection of dog collars that was auctioned off several years ago, but they're getting harder and harder to find. And you had some really nice ones ones in your space, but tell them how you had them displayed. It was so unique and looked fabulous. Well, I had some lamps that I had made from antique balustrades, and I had the collars attached to the lamp just like they would be a dog's neck, and I do that at home. I have several of them there, and if I happen to have a dog figure with a, you know the right size neck, I'll throw the collar on that. I don't use them on my dogs because they need to be comfortable most of all, and most of them are pretty much nude all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're home and they're safe, especially the chihuahuas. They don't wear collars. But I think they're pretty around a lamp, around a lamp base. Yeah, I had never seen that done before, and it looked great. I thought that was really fun because I've seen them displayed on, you know, stacked up on bookcases, but it really made it look interesting and drew your eye in. Um, well, thank you. 
and the terracotta dog that you had on the window seat. Oh, he's life-size. He's a life-size bulldog, and I got him in France and can't believe that I was able to get him there. He's probably from 1880s. Got him there, got him home to California, and then got him here to North Carolina when I moved here six years ago. And I have a funny story about him. He was sitting in my living room, and when we got Grits, our little puppy, we had her isolated in the kitchen for a while, and then we let her out in the living room. She thought she'd met everyone, and she spotted this bulldog and pranced over, wagging, saying, well, hello, who are you? What's your name? And then went, oh, oh, well, never mind. But it's convincing. Yeah, that's one of the largest ones I've seen, the life-size one that you had in there. Mm -hmm. They're so collectible, and they have the Austrian eyes, the glass Mm -hmm. eyes, which make them look so real. There are some up for auction, as a matter of fact, this week at Christie's, Um, Mm -hmm. but they aren't near as nice as the one that you had had in there. Well, to find one that's still intact because they are quite fragile is something right. else. And, and I kept mine, the, the one I had in the show house, I kept it at the foot of my guest bed for a long time as if it had just jumped up on the bed. But then I had so many house guests that that wasn't going to work. And so <laughs> now I've decided to let it go and sell it because I'm not really enjoying it to its full advantage. So I'll let it go on to its new forever home. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful piece. And of course, you had the window seat filled with dog pillows. Um, well, I've been collecting needlepoints, some vintage and some antique, some really old fragments, and I had them all made into pillows. Which is great, because when you do find a small textile or um, needlepoint that has a dog on it, and you're wondering, what can I do with this small piece? It was really clever the way that you worked them in to designer pillows. They look fabulous. That's part of the thrill of the hunt is you can be anywhere, anytime and find a little random thrift shop or even a Goodwill and you might go in and find a little framed piece of a, uh, you know, portrait of a dog and turn it into a spectacular pillow. Absolutely. And that is what we're going to talk about in just a bit. We're going to continue talking with Sally Johannesson right after a few messages. Don't go anywhere because she's going to share her tips on antiquing and decorating tales. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash Decorating Tales, Decorating Tales, T-A-I-L-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to healthcare written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List. Which you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash decorating and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash decorating. D-E-C-O-R-A-T-I-N-G. 
This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Decorating Tales with the Interior Design Hound. My guest today is designer and antiquer extraordinaire Sally Johannesson. She's the founder of Dovetail Antiques, and we've been discussing her gallery of dogs that was the hit of the Cashier's Designer Showhouse. The room was filled with dog antiques and collectibles. Sally, tell us a little bit about your process for hunting down these treasures. Well, first of all, I'm a hunter and gatherer. That just is a given. In fact, when I was a little child, I used to fill my pockets of my camel hair coat with pins and needles and sticks. So it's in my DNA. Now I've just gone on to collecting grander things. I'll go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right. To hunt down these treasures, it is fun to go anywhere. Garage sales, markets. I don't edit. I'll go absolutely anywhere to find a treasure. And that's fun for me. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, an elitist by any stretch. Although I've shopped all over France and been to fine stores in Paris, I don't mind going to a little thrift store or consignment shop. And actually here in town, we have our gas station has a consignment store next door. And I'll once I've picked up my gas, I'll run in there and see what's what, just in case. You never know. And did you ever find any wonderful treasures there? I did. I found a wonderful little English barley twist table there. That's unbelievable. Now, why Isn't can't my it? gas station have something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I'm a rat terrier, and I've seen a mouse go down that hole, and there could be another mouse there someday, so I'm going to go check that out again. Well, exactly. Well, I agree with you 100%. I'm never about the pedigree. It's all about the look and the personality, not the price tag. And I was able to speak at a conference recently on pet-friendly decorating, and there were so many young people, and their creativity just is amazing. And all of them were heavy-duty They flea market attenders, and they all go to garage sales, and they love repurposing things and turning them into wonderful decorative items for their home. Um, And then your home is personal. It's yours. And in this world, it's become so mass-produced and anonymous, and I just love to go into somebody's house that has personality and is a little quirky with a little sense of humor. I love to see the unexpected. Absolutely. So tell us about shopping in France. I love Paris. I love going to Europe. I lived in Europe for a while. The Marseille de Pousse has changed so much. There are no bargains to be had there, that's for sure. So what I like about your antique shop is you're not buying uh, antiques by the container load and it's a surprise what you get. You're actually out there cherry picking each individual treasure and finding out the stories behind them and traveling, looking for things, which you're about I guess you close your shop because it gets so cold in the mountains. Right. Um, soon. And that's when I go traveling. And right. I have to differ with you about the Marche Pousse. 
the trick is I go there at the crack of dawn. I mean, it's still dark, and I'm with a flashlight, and I'm there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. I've actually never been there on Saturday when the whole thing is roaring and going because I'm already right. on a train to the south of France. Right. So there's a bargain to be found everywhere, but I have to move very, very quickly, and it is exhausting, and it's not as romantic as everybody thinks. It's really hard work. It is fun, yes. No, I haven't found any bargains there in at least five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, well, fewer and fewer. But, right. you know, you still have to do it because how could you possibly miss the experience of being there? It's just a oh, fabulous place. Yeah. And there's a dealer there. I, unfortunately, I can't remember her name, but she raises French bulldogs. Whenever I'm there, she has a new one or a different one in her stall and she says to me, oh, you too may have this dog for only, <laughs> you know, 9,000 euros or something. But it's fun to visit her and see which dog she's brought along with her that day. That's why I love it over there is because everybody is so dog-centric and they welcome them anywhere. Um, anywhere. Any yeah, restaurant, there's always a dog. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping we'll get there eventually. I mean, grocery stores, you name it, dogs are welcome. But of course, it, it's such a hassle to quarantine your dog. And if you're not going to be there for a great length of time, it's too hard to travel with your dog over there, at least in my yeah, experience. Yeah, I think it would be uncomfortable for the dog. Your dog would be much happier at home. with a Yeah, way too there, stressful. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but it, is, it is fun to see all the dogs. So, well, that's and, why I'm petting all the dogs I see whenever I'm there on trains and whatever. I just fall all over myself to pet the dogs and snap pictures so what trends i know you pick up things specifically for clients as well when you're doing design projects what trends have you seen in the antique market just over well i say we're making us we're right in the middle of a sea change and i think we've gone on that grazy beige pale palette for a while and i think we're going back into mixing it up a little bit and adding some color mm -hmm. you know People have sort of fallen all one direction, and I think now they're realizing, no, we, we have the opportunity to, to do whatever. I've always enjoyed having an antique piece in every room because it's stood the test of time. You know, Correct. it's not like a, you can look at the Batmobile and you think of Batman, and there's no question about it, but an antique has already passed through literally sometimes hundreds of years of trends and change. So if you have an antique piece, you've already sort of set the mark for your room and you could literally bring in lawn chairs and that it would all work together. Well, I got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Well, you'd have to be careful about your lawn chairs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, the other reason I like antiques, especially uh, what I call French country antiques, which is kind of a loose word that's thrown around a lot, is that mm -hmm. there's such a authentic finish and it's uh, been distressed already and it has Correct. so much character that it's not like a shiny piece of wood with a high gloss finish where you have to hold your breath about putting a glass down or or how you have to act around it. So it's a very comfortable, casual, lived-in, authentic feel. And that's why I think people are embracing them so much. That also is very pet-friendly because if you do have a little chewing on a leg, in fact, I say that sometimes there'll be a little mark on the leg of something. And I'll say, well, that was a little French poodle in 1810. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's charming. 
But it's true because then if your dog does a little something, you just take some French paste wax and you have just added your little bit of history to a very, very old piece. And I, I find that very a very comfortable way to live. Right. Now, you collect the same way that I collect and that you just like dogs and are not breed specific because you just like the animals. I know this is my second rescue, Scotty, and I've had three Scotties altogether, but I am not breed specific. Some people, if they're into Scotties, just collect Scotty dogs or poodles. I just love dogs. And I I know you're the same way. And there's probably at least one dog item in every room in my home, which is fun. And it's I think, not a real dog <laughs> in my life. If it's not a something sitting there that looks like a dog or a painting on the wall, I have a dog with me at almost right. at all times. <laughs> right. Now, your store always looks remarkable. And of course, that's from your decorating and design background. What suggestions besides the dog collars on like a lamp? What suggestions do you have for people that display collectibles, dog collectibles in their home, because there's nothing worse than going into someone's house, at least in my opinion, and seeing, say, I call it the China syndrome, little tiny knickknack dogs on every available mm-hmm. surface. What tips can you give someone out well, there? Well, who- sometimes you have to add it and look at it with a critical eye. And a friend and a very good designer, a friend of mine in California, gave me a tip, and it really is true is photograph your own house as if it were in a magazine and then flip through the photographs as if you were looking at a magazine spread and the things will jump out at you that are wrong. And that's one of the things that can go wrong is you have too many itsy-bitsy little things or even something as simple as a cord behind a table really sticks out and, and jumps out at you. Well, it's an easy thing to sort of hide that behind the table leg. But I have so many things I love and because I'm sentimental, I have learned to rotate. So I have a big armoire, and I, every now and then I sort of clear the decks, start over fresh, and try and keep it a little more simple, and then I'll rotate something out into the mix again. That's my plan. So that then I get to enjoy all my things, but not all at once. That's a good tip. And I think that is one of the keys to good design is um, not so much what you put in it, but what you leave out. I think that's there's a, a little thin dotted line and most people cross it and put too much in it. And then it becomes so busy, there's no focal point or you feel like there's a hundred little knickknacks staring at you. And it's better to pull things together, group them together in smaller fives or threes or groupings that makes a small fun statement but so that someone's not overwhelmed. Plus, nobody has time to dust all of that. <laughs> I, I agree, and I agree, and I have two daughters in their 20s, and they have gotten the bug from me, and they're dog crazy too. So now what I'm doing is I'm just wrapping up a little package and sending it on for Christmas and birthdays, and they're thrilled, and it's still in the family. Oh, good for you. That's a great idea. House. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the keys and the trends in design today is nothing is totally overdone. Like when I think of the '80s and the '90s, oh, with some big of the curtains and yeah, everything was so huge, so high maintenance. And mm-hmm. first of all, that's not pet friendly, but that's not life friendly. It doesn't fit anyone's lifestyle. Everyone is coming and going and you don't want to spend your time cleaning. You'd rather be having fun going out there antique hunting or spending time with your dogs at the dog park or anything other than cleaning and taking care of high maintenance. But you know, Cynthia, I that may be a reason why I had to turn pro because I am a bit of a pack rat and I had to justify it. 
So now I still have the fun of the thrill of the hunt. I get to find these wonderful things. I live with them for a while. I call them my foster children. And then I get it out of my system and I let them go. So that's that's a good way to solve the problem. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to next year's Cashier's Historical Society Designer Showhouse. But this one is going to be hard to top because that setting was absolutely beautiful. Describe the area that the showhouse was in. It's actually on a lake in the mountains. Well, first of all, I have to say I live in paradise. I moved from a certain kind of paradise in Southern California, and that's beautiful, but palm trees don't cast the same kind of shade as the enormous oak and fir trees we have here. It is just so spectacularly beautiful, and what's fabulous about Cashers is it's very, very cool in the summer, and Atlanta's only about three hours away, and there's a dramatic difference. So in the summertime, we have this show house, and they look, they really search hard to find a a venue every year. This last year, I think, was my favorite of all times. It's a house, as I said, it's two log cabins put together almost 50 years ago, and the the log cabins were 100 years old. So you had the beautiful wide planks and chinking, and it overlooked a pond. It was on 40 acres. It was just a piece of heaven. I love to just be there, just be there, and take it all in because I... I can't live in that house, but I certainly pretended like I did as long as the show house was was happening. Well, it was certainly beautiful, and uh, there were loads of designers from Atlanta that also participated because it is so close, and uh, some designers even have weekend homes there. It's such a beautiful spot. It's a funny little town. We're very, very quiet. In fact, we don't even actually appear on a whole lot of maps. We're that small, and it's we're not a real town. We're not incorporated, and so it's a little off the beaten path, but because of that, it's a wonderful retreat, and there are a lot of uh, prominent people who live there. Names I won't name names, but people you would know, right. and they can live anywhere. Right. Well, they would rather live where there's a gas station with the antiques right next to <laughs> My competition. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have so enjoyed having you. If you want more information on pet-friendly decorating, please visit the Interior Design Hound. And Sally, thanks for joining us today on Decorating Tales. It's been so much fun. Tell everybody where they can find you. You're on Facebook, right? I am on Facebook. I'm Dovetail Antiques. But I'm in Cashers. There are other dovetail antiques, but I'm the one in Cashers, North Carolina, and I'm located on Highway 107 South. That's 252 Highway 107 South in Cashers. And we only have two streetlights here, so I'm easy to find. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, look, look for the dogs. And uh, visit interiordesignhound.com. You'll find loads of pet-friendly pictures, information, and links about my favorite subjects, good design with a canine twist. And there's a lovely post on there about other rooms as well in the show house and Sally's. And now you're available to follow me on Twitter at INTRDesignHound. INTRDesignHound. So don't forget to drop me a line at Cynthia at PetLifeRadio.com if you have any comments, ideas, questions about design. And thanks to all of you for listening and sharing a part of your day with Decorating Tales on Pet Life Radio. Later, I've got to let the dog out. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.